0: okay testing testing hello one two three well hi everyone it's me on my phone trying to make this hopefully that worked I'm having issues with this app since I've created my OS but I think uh, I think I'm okay now I'm in my car by myself on my way to a dinner family dinner that involves some out-of-town people that are here for my daughter's wedding we're here for the uh, reception part of it on Tuesday, and uh, so we're having dinner at my sister's house. I'm using my earbud microphone, so I don't know if this is going to sound like garbage or not. I uh, hope not, because that would not be any fun for you. So I got to thinking today. I had this really weird dream last night that there's this whole community in Salt Lake City or just south of it called Draper and they're all up against this just gorgeous mountain I don't know what these mountains are called I guess these are just the Rockies or an extension of the Rockies but they're just right there dude just in your face majestic as all hell and back and just set right behind this community and it's just amazing if you've been been here at all and you've driven anywhere in this part of the valley you'd be like oh yeah I know the ones and it's just there's something else right and they've got all these homes just nestled up against and sort of inside or part of the uh, of the range here, and in this dream, uh, a giant slab of the mountain just slipped uh, very cleanly in the dream, you know, because dreams are weird and you never know what's realistic or not, but just slid cleanly down and effectively covered and destroyed every house in the city of Draper in the town of Draper or whatever you want to call it suburb and didn't just like blow it up or shoot shards of house everywhere or any of that I mean like slid down and covered it destroyed it with however many infinite tons of of earth that would be uh, as it's a pretty big mountain but it came down in like a single piece and just went And just... Just smeared it and covered it. So if you were wanting to go... My car is making a weird sound. If you wanted to go and dig your stuff out and find your memories or, you know, try to save anything or anyone, you wouldn't be able to. That's how devastating this would have been. Just the mountain just went shift and squished it. And it got... In the dream, there were it's like the dream was was created to illustrate a point for me in the dream there were two kinds of people involved in this horrible tragedy there was the kind that could not get over it and kind of hovered around it and put flowers around it and were dead set on figuring out a way to get in there and get to their things you know whatever it was they felt was important that was buried beneath this behemoth of rock and stone and and there was, dude, you're right on my butt. What are you doing back there? And then there was this other group of people who very distinctly were, came, uh, they lived there too. These are their homes and stuff, right? And that was their crap under all that. They came, they assessed it and looked at it and then immediately went, all right, that's." I, now I know what I have to do. And they turned around and they immediately got to the getting on with their lives with whatever that meant. Collect the insurance money, uh, you know, figure out a way to get the transportation now that your car is destroyed, but you gotta get to work on Monday, so let's figure that out. Live in a hotel for a couple of days, uh, move in with her sister for a week. Uh, you know, Depending on their circumstance or who you were, you would do whatever it took for you to move to the next step. The quicker you did that, the quicker this problem was in your rear view mirror and the quicker life was yours again and you were no longer dwelling on this and you were moving upward up, you know, upwardly toward some kind of resolution so they were very very different groups and you know the first group could just could not let go and the other group could not let go quick enough I mean they weren't happy about it they weren't excited that this happened or that this was a good thing in their life they knew what negative impact it had but they immediately just knew they had to go they had to get going and then the dream ended. It's like the dream existed to show me three things. First, a really cool-looking special effect of a giant mountain just going and burying 50,000 people. Or, I, You know, so much, the dream didn't so much illustrate the people being killed, I assume there were some at home. It was mostly to show these just things that were destroyed because I don't remember a lot of mourning for people. or You know, the dream wasn't wasn't specific in that way. Uh, so it showed me that, and then it showed me to these two ways of thinking about things. And I'm not, I, this isn't me going, hey, Scott thinks dreams are telling you something. I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. And I'm not that kind of guy who gets all weird about that. But I do think our dream state has a way of creating scenarios that are properly constructed and cleaned up in order to tell us story that that we may have been trying to tell ourselves and this couldn't get clarity on. You know, dreams have a way of sweeping away all the periphery and getting to the point of the matter. And, um, you know, it reminds me of movies. It's like uh, a Truman Show or Dark City or a number of shows where they're really good at sleight of hand misdirections. Like, there is just enough happening here, visually, auditorily, and in story and character for you to to suspend disbelief and be cool with what you're seeing and that's enough to be told what 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 you're seeing is enough. You're not going, oh wait a minute, how come that's pop-? and that wouldn't be true if he was over there. You know, like we don't super analyze a movie that's well made. We do that with lots of movies, but when they do it right, it's very clear what's going on, right? I feel like that's what my dream did. My dream was like, hey, this makes all the sense in the world because We have simplified it and made it seem like a real scenario, even though there's a lot of pieces missing. And anyway, I still don't know where I land on it, though. That's the funny thing. I think the dream was trying to say, hey, you'd be one of the people that couldn't let go, when what I need to be is the people who let go and get going. Get knocked down, get up again, like that Chumbawamba song. All right, I'm at the destination. I'm going to go eat with my family and hang out with people. So I will uh, do this later and pick this up again. How about that? That sounds good. All right, see ya. Hey. How's everybody doing? I don't know if this mic is better than if I just use... You know what? Hang on. Let me try something. Okay. Hold on. Okay, we're back. Is this working? I guess it's working. So I am... uh, I'm going to sit here. Can you hear the geese? Across the lake. Turn this way. It's better for the wind. Hear that? Pretty sure that's them coming to call their buddies home. As much I'm flying in. So I am sitting on a dock on the lake near where I live, uh, having a night, night walk. And it's about 8 o'clock at night, but it's almost pitch black. Still remnants from the sun in the west. Absolutely beautiful, gorgeous night in every possible way. It's just beautiful, man. And the water's just clear, and there's a slight breeze, and it's not too cold, and it's just... I don't know if you could ask for a cooler, more rad um, Sunday night in uh, the thick of fall, you know. It's October, right? Excuse me. I do have allergies for some dumb reason. Anyway, I got an email today that asked a question that I thought was important to answer here. And by the way, there's a really awesome... I have a, well, I think it's cool. I have a concept for the next episode of this show that might be the most um, ambitious thing I've done with a diary. And I really need your feedback on it. So it's, uh, I, can't, I don't want to give it away yet, but next week is my plan. Or next time you hear this, whenever that is, it might be sooner because I'm kind of excited about it, so I might do it sooner. But I would love to have everybody's feedback on it. It deals with the issue of nostalgia and what that means in 2014, specifically what it means to me and my, at least I think I somewhat sort of speak for that generation who are maybe my age. So, anyway, more on that when I, when I actually have it ready to go. But like I say, I'm actually kind of excited about it. Um, yeah, I mean, t- you guys will have to be the judges. So, will you judge me fairly or poorly? Or justly? Whatever. Anyway, I'm out here and I'm going to answer this question I got today, which was, Scott, why do you focus so much on podcasts that are audio-based? Like, why aren't you doing more with video? And the truth is I do video for almost everything I do as a supplementary thing. So if you want to get the podcast on YouTube, you totally can. It's, you know, static cameras and us talking or whatever, but there's nothing real fancy happening. And that's kind of by design because... To answer that person's question, who did not say whether I could say their name or not, so I'll just choose not to, because not that it's a big deal. but Actually, it's a good idea. If you're sending me emails and you want me to answer them, no matter what the show is, uh, giving me permission to say your name is always a nice thing, because then I know if I can do it or not. Sometimes I feel bad if it turns out they didn't want to have their name out there. Happy to honor people's privacy or honor their willingness to be exposed for the frauds they are. Just kidding, you're not a fraud. Anyway, uh, I think there's magic in audio-only content, and I think that it will always be a thing. It isn't just, you know, radio is not a stopgap between. Well, maybe maybe it was originally a stopgap between nothing and and video, right? But it's ended up serving a purpose that I don't think people expected, which was to tell stories in such a way, or to create content and conversation in such a way that it felt like you were getting something different than you would say on TV or whatever. And um, I mean, part of it is I can just make a lot more of it, quickie, quick, quickler, Quicker? more quickly, quickler. What the hell am I doing? Must be the uh, night air getting to me. Uh, but I can do it a lot quicker because there's a ton of it. And it's easy to do because all that that's all I have to worry about. I don't have to worry about hair or positioning or lighting or any of the stuff that goes in the video. And all the editing that takes place. And just a lot more to it. And there's not that much to worry about when it comes to audio so then you can focus on quality of sound quality of topic or quality of conversation quality of guests and uh, I love that I just love that art form and I think it is an art form people who work in audio only are working in a very specific medium and there are unique challenges and benefits to it and I like those benefits and I also like those challenges and some of the favorite, my favorite things I listen to are really well-constructed audio things, whether it's news or storytelling or whatever. Panel shows with people sitting around a table. I just like the format a lot. And there's a lot more on me to have an imagination and to think of these things. And I can also be a lot more active in what I do when I'm listening to something versus having to sit and stare at a screen or whatever. So... I'm a big, big fan of that. And that's why I do it. I hope that answered your question. I don't know if I'm right or not. I feel like I am. But I don't know. What do I know? I just work here. Anyway, I just want to take a minute and talk about that. There will be more in this episode, so stay tuned for that. But uh, thanks for hanging out with me on the dock. I don't know where those birds went, but we're not here anymore somebody sees me on here they're going to think I'm weird so I'm going to get moving there's actually a car across the way there's lights on me, why? that's uncomfortable now they're dimmed well, whatever hey guys, what's going on? some ducks you hear that? Moon is the size of the freaking Death Star. <laughs> it's so big and visible right now. <gasps> Whoa. Hey, guys. Holy shite. You scared me. Hey. Wah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I will talk to you next time or soon. I'm not going away yet. We'll do more. Okay? All right. Hello and welcome and good evening. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is me, and I'm in a rocking chair, and I'm on my porch, like some kind of old man, and I'm looking at the moon, which is directly to my uh, east, I guess. I'm facing east, and it's a beautiful moon, huge and detailed. I can see like large things on it, land masses, things that uh, back in the day people would say was a man's face. So they would they would they would claim that the moon had a man's face And they would start calling it the man in the moon I think that's right I have not looked that up lately But I think that is the origin of all that stuff Whoa, what a day, dude So it's Friday evening And uh, I am just back Like ten minutes ago from the hospital It's late, late at night Well, not that late It's pitch black dark And as you can hear, there's still people driving around, so it's not that late. Um, We were at the hospital most of the last eight hours or so, because, um, so I guess he's my stepfather. It's a weird thing to say, because it sounds like, oh, was there a divorce sometime, or was there some kind of other, you know, like, I mean, the stepfather meaning, I feel like it means more than just straight up the relation. You know what I mean? I mean it feels that way to me uh, but I guess that is what he is so my dad for a little bit of history for those unaware my dad passed away in June of 2000 the year 2000 and uh, of a massive and very sudden heart attack at the uh, I believe the way too young age of 63 and left my mom uh, on her own and that was a rough time for everybody. In fact, it's the last... I was just talking about this today. That it was the last time I'd been faced with a close family death. Uh, beforehand was my grandmother in 98. And nothing since my dad. So, uh, it's a little bit weird. I mean, a few far-flung relatives that I don't know very well that live in other states or something, but... I don't think anybody... I'm just trying to think, uncles, yeah No, he's, that was it And so Today it looked like we were going to be facing A possible Another one of these big life altering moments And uh, this time with So, okay, so then my, so my dad died in 2000 And my mom, like three years later uh, Began dating again And met a super nice guy Named John He asked her to marry him uh, He had a similar situation, his wife died Very suddenly at also a very young age, her in her case, I, th- I want to say it was a brain aneurysm or something or a stroke. Um, so they came from similar backgrounds in that regard, and uh, very stable guy, cool guy, and and great, you know, it's awesome. It's it's a good chance for her to have this companionship and and to to continue to live her life in a way that she wants, and that's awesome. Um, and we've always been in favor of that and all that. So there's no there's nothing bad about it. But I'm not like crazy close to him or anything. I mean, I'm, I'm, I respect him and like him. And, you know, the kids consider him, they call him Grandpa John and they know they had another grandpa, but they're all, they were all so young when my grandpa died that, or my dad died that they don't remember him in the way that they remember John. Uh, In some cases, my oldest daughter was seven, so she kind of, she kind of got it. Um, but the other two, I think, were too young, or especially Nick. Nick. Nick was only two months old when my dad died. Anyway, uh, he has had a bunch... He's a healthy dude. He's 83 years old and has had just a long life full of no illness. Like, he just never gets sick. He's just a really strong dude. He's uh, Italian, uh, from New Jersey. He is not a mob figure that I'm aware of. <laughs> Uh, but he is a feisty, energetic stubborn strong dude and has been for as long as I've known him, I mean they've been married now for what what would that be, like 12 years or something and uh, they're very happy together, he has a house just uh, south of here, about 25 minutes, 30 minutes south in uh, Orem, Utah and it's, uh, it's great and uh Anyway, so he, in the last eight weeks or so, started having really severe weird pains in his abdomen and in his back and some other things. And uh, there was some testing going on, and he's very stubborn about that stuff, doesn't like to go in and get checked, and, but finally did. And they found kidney stones, and they were gnarly, gnarly freaking kidney stones. And it is complicated by the fact that he is 83, which is older my wife, or my wife, my mom is still in her 70s, so he's older than her by about eh, eight years or something, right, I think so, um, I could be wrong on the time, on the date, I, I don't know, my mom seems a lot younger than she is, I guess is what I'm saying, I'm not saying that just in case she hears this and wants to be flattered, it's actually true, um, anyway, he just never gets sick and so this was like a kind of a blow so they went in and they broke up the stones with that sonic thing but it made it worse and he got an infection from it and that gave him a fever so he had to go get some more tests and some more treatment and whatever some antibiotics and stuff um that just it just would not get better he tried passing these stones it wouldn't get better uh just in pain all the time he refuses to take pain medication he thinks it makes him weird which you know, let's let's be truthful. Pain medication makes us kind of weird. I'm with him on that. Uh, so, oh, is the microphone up top or near the bottom? Hello, is near the bottom, right? Hello, testing. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> so. They scheduled surgeries now. He so let me skip ahead a little because there's a lot of in between there and padding. But he had three surgeries to remove these stones, uh, two of which were not very successful because uh, he's an older guy and, and has an enlarged prostate. Because of that, they couldn't get past it because you normally go up through the yoo hoo to get to it to get to those stones, right? So they had to come from the, the back from his back into his kidney directly. And the last surgery seemed to go good, like well, and he had two days of like, oh, I feel great, I don't feel any pain anymore, I can, I'm fine, this is awesome, let's go to dinner, you know, just a much, much better circumstance than he had been dealing with the previous two surgeries until, I guess, early, early in the morning this morning. He got out of bed kind of erratically. Again, went to bed just fine, got out of bed erratically, and then fell trying to get across the room, could not get up. Severe pain in his limbs. Um, find out later, the doctor says he had 90, uh, 90%, or no, uh, I forget how the, na- or the numbers worked out, but it was this huge number for how much lactic acid he had in his system. And it's supposed to be on the scale that 1 to 10, it was supposed to be like a 2 for normal functionality, and he was at like a 9.8, which is just ridiculous, but that's what was causing the pain too, and this is like, you know, when your muscles are sore, that's a lot of lactic acid, that's kind of what this is, except, you know, crank that up to the worst possible level, and he, my mom got up, was like, what's the matter, what's the matter, and he couldn't remember his name, he didn't know who she was, he didn't know who he was, he didn't know the date, he didn't know the president's name, he didn't know all these questions that she and later the doctors would ask. So essentially what had happened is he had gotten sepsis, which is, you know, the infection is in his blood. I am no doctor. I know very little about it, the condition otherwise. And I understand there's other forms of this, like in the, in the body, in the body cavity, you can get infections in there. And that can be, you know, people can say, you've got, you're septic now, you've got sepsis. But this is specifically a, an infection that spread from the kidney and the surgery stuff to his blood cells themselves. And so his blood is literally infected. Which creates, like, the gnarliest. There's a giant moth. Get away from me. The gnarliest of fevers and the shakes. And it gets to your brain and your brain can't think right. And your kind of cognitive stuff kind of starts to shut down and your organs start freaking out. It's real bad. And that's what happened today, and I got a call from my sister this afternoon, like 2 or 3, about 2.30. And I kind of had a feeling something was up, because there's just been so many problems lately. And so, long story short, I hop in the car, I go get Kim, she was at another thing, and we drove down to this hospital, 30 miles from here, and uh, stayed there until we just got back. So eight hours up there, or whatever. He's stable now, he's... Uh, I got him to grin a couple of times. He is more cognizant of his surroundings and he's he's talking and knowing who we are. Um, you know, mainly, uh, I'm, the thing I'm most glad about is my mom is, uh, you know, doing better because we were there to help her and support her and stuff. So she needed that the most, I think. John's pretty tough. You know, he'll... Regardless of how this ends up for him, regardless of how long he, he continues to uh, be on this planet, uh, he'll do it because he's just tough as crap. But my mom, you know, she needs, she needs our help. She's uh, an awesome lady who, you know, been through this before, and it's a rough thing to have to stare in the face of the possibility of it happening again. And um, so Kim and I were there, my sister Misha was there, and we just kind of hung out there. Uh, while well, the uh, doctor told us what was going on, and they ran different tests, and we sort of hung out and chatted and whatever. But the reason I'm telling this story is, I mean, there's all the, morale, the morality tales of do good while you're here because you never know when your time will come, or all of us die one day, or, hey, you never know when your day comes up, or, you know, all the things, right, the things, all the many things you learn. Um... But what I learned is how rad you guys are because um, I made a note about it on Twitter about why I had to cancel Current Geek, and which I did not want to do today, but I had to. I felt like it was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, I, I don't like doing that. But uh, obviously everybody understood and it's an important thing and it's the right thing to do. But, you know, I made the notice out there and we got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you on Twitter and other things just saying such nice things, like really genuinely nice things, not just your, oh, well, I should make him think that I, that I, you know, I'm sending good vibes his way or something. Like you guys really, like it's really coming across. I read a bunch to my mom and she was just in tears. She loved this stuff. So uh, I'm really grateful for that. And chances are, if you're listening to this show, then you're closer to the pulse of this, the more personal side of what I do, and that means that there's a I think probably a greater likelihood that you were one of the people who said nice things. So, this show offers me an opportunity to say thank you to the, uh, to you guys. What is banging and making that sound? Jeez. Uh. Okay. That <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt a genuine moment of uh, appreciation with the clatter of things my kids should have put away. But anyway, it does mean a lot. And it means a lot because it's a constant reminder of how cool this community is. And I I just don't get it. I don't understand how I got to this place. Like, how did I deserve the good peeps that surround me? And uh, I really don't know. Like, I don't know. I was talking to Kim in the car about it. It's just a special, super cool club, you know? With just so many genuine people and it just reminds me oh man Nertacular! the reason Nurtacular is great and it's so good to remind myself of this because i get all wrapped up in the stress of planning it and making sure everything comes off all right and all the timing works and all that but in the end it's just people being surrounded by people who are into it man who are just like uh, into each other and into the thing we're doing and is so nice like my i always go back to what my niece said this year she had seen this for the first time this year she was blown away not because oh uncle scott's got crazy whatever going on or you know whatever it's none of that it was that everybody was so nice and the just the feeling you got around everybody was like the everybody here would do whatever they needed to do to help each other or uh you know to help one another they really would and i am not trying to be a cheese bag a cheese cheese bag i'm not trying to be a um I'm not trying to be cheesy, is the word I was trying to say. It's just a genuine thing, and you feel it. You feel it every time you guys are around me, and I feel it online, and I feel it on stupid things like Twitter and Facebook and, you know, these otherwise sort of banal social networks that, you know, don't usually produce much in the way of, I don't know, well, whatever, I don't want to be too negative on it. I think they're amazing things, and they do great work, but there's a lot of crap on them. But you guys aren't that. So, thanks again for that. And everybody in the family really appreciates it. Big thanks to all of you who have supported uh, me and the shows and the comics and stuff on Patreon at patreon.com slash frogpants. That means a whole heck of a lot. It means I can keep doing this uh, for a long time to come. I really like this idea that you guys are essentially my... You become part of the the, the investor group, part of the, the team in a very direct way, and that means a lot. So uh, thank you for that as well. And if you haven't yet seen it or would like to contribute to it, it's simple to go uh, do it. It's over at patreon.com slash T, uh, Uh, that's a TMS one. Don't do that one. That one's a good one too. But do frog pants. That's the one for everything else. Everything but uh, TMS. All right. I think I've eaten off your ear enough. You'll need that ear for other things. So uh, maybe the next episode of this show. Feedback should be sent to Scott at FrogPants.com. Thanks, everybody. And uh, thanks again for all the well wishes. He's doing good. Stable, at least. He'll be in the hospital for a few days. I'll report back. Hopefully everything goes well. Uh, But again, it's nice to have some extended family out there. Some of you I don't even know. Being uh, super nice in a world filled with sometimes people that are less nice. So... Thank you for being one of the nice ones, okay? All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.